0: right, we're in week two of our new series called Accept No Lies. Um, I really have been enjoying this series, um, putting it together and, and talking about some of these things and um, I'm really excited about kind of what I want to share over the uh, this week and then over the next several weeks with you. And and last week we kind of kind of kind of started this series talking about this concept of, of, of the, the father of truth and the father of lies, and how at times we can kind of accept the lies of the enemy, and those lies can really affect us down the road. Not only us, but but we talk a little bit about the kind of the generational curses and generational problems and consequences, even that when we agree with those lies. Of the enemy how they can affect us in so many ways and this morning we're going to kind of continue uh, in that vein we're going to kind of look at a little few different things but um, I'm very excited about what uh, I want to share what the Lord's laid on my heart For us this morning, but I want to start off with kind of a question. Uh, I think something. This is a question that we could all probably answer in the affirmative. At least we've seen it or experienced it. Um, And I'm going to actually not ask you if you've done this personally, even though you probably have. And you don't need to raise your hand, but just think about it. How many of you have ever seen someone walk into a spider web? You ever seen that? Aren't those oh? Isn't that great? It's horrible when it happens to you. But it's wonderful when it happens to other people if you're really a horrible person like I am, okay? Because here's what happens, obviously you can't see the spider webs very well. And so you'll have somebody walking around, and this is typically what it looks like, and it's awesome, okay? It's kind of, everything's great, everything's fine, and they, you know, and they're trying to get the web off, and it's like, you know, and you can always tell the ones that are like really afraid of spiders. Because it is like panic has set in. Because it's not only a spider web, you know, like, I run into a spider web and my, my initial thought is this is annoying and I don't like this. Never do it run through my mind, and if I help you with this and make this miserable for you for the rest of your life, I apologize. But I never actually think to myself, there's spiders in the spider web, okay? Now, I don't, now some people, they, they immediately think, I'm in a spider web, that means there's 450,000 spiders that are not crawling all over my body. And so they begin to kind of move, and they begin to pull, and they're trying to get it all out. And, and I mean, all of us have experienced this, and it's not fun, you know. And, and here's the thing I've learned about spider webs, is they're hard to see, they're annoying, and they do affect how you are walking, how you're living in that particular moment. I, 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 one of the things I love and I watch all the time, and I've talked about this before, and I've gotten my son into it as well because I'm a good father who teaches my son the ways of the Lord, and that is we have been watching the Andy Griffith show together. <laughs> he loves it. And I love that he loves it, you know, and so we watch it together all the time. And, and I've maybe said this before, I couldn't remember as I was putting this together this week, but I remember there's, there's a line in the Andy Griffith show that I have kind of taken as my own that kind of goes along with this idea of spider webs and truth and all these things. And it's this, Andy will sit there and he'll say, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And I've always kind of thought about that because I've thought about this concept of walking into things and here's the thing I've learned is a lot of times we'll we'll see people and and they're doing things we don't understand we're doing they're doing things experiencing things and we're going what are they doing why are they acting this way why are they looking at things this way and here's the thing I've come to learn for some people in these times it's the reason why is they have walked through a spider web you see, our world is a world that is full of deceitful webs. It is a world that is so easy to not see them and walk directly into them. And then we begin to pull them away. And we begin to react to those webs. And others kind of look and go, what's going on? Why are you acting this way? What is, what is happening? It, it affects everything. It affects their behavior. It affects how they see the world. It affects so many different things in their life. And there's webs everywhere. There's these webs that the enemy has spun that unfortunately we tend to walk into and it affects so many things. What a web we weave. So many of us are living unfortunately with these webs of deceit and these webs of lies and they're affecting so many areas of our life. And see what God desires to do and what Jesus and kind of what we talked about a little bit last week was this concept that as Jesus comes and his truth comes that there is freedom there. There is freedom that God wants to bring in your life and in my life. But as we walk through and we begin to walk in these webs and the webs that we begin to weave even ourselves, it becomes more and more of bondage in our hearts and in our lives. You see, the thing about a web, it's not there just to look pretty. It's not there just to annoy you. It is literally there to entrap things and to hold them until they can become, until really death comes. Webs do that, and they are so a part of our lives. But here's the thing I've learned. When it comes to deceit and and lies and, and all these sort of things, we can spend time, and we can try to look at all these things or we can go the opposite way and we can see how not to make these things happen, how to be the opposite of these web weavers, how to be the opposite of these people who allow the lies of the enemy to come, and so that's what we're going to really do this morning. I I, I heard one time from a a bank teller, Um, they they worked at the bank obviously, and we talked a little bit about their job and things like that, and they talked to me, this was several years ago when when cash was much more prevalent, and they said, you know, like I said, do you you ever get fake bills? Do you ever get counterfeit money? And they say, oh yeah, absolutely. I said, how how do you know what's real and what's not? And she looked at me, she said, well, one thing you need to understand is this. You do not study the counterfeit money. You study what's genuine. You study what's real. You study what's true. And then when you know the truth, when you know what a real bill looks like, you can more easily determine what is the counterfeit and what is the lie. This morning what I want us to do is I want us to focus in on this idea of finding what is genuine, what is truth, what is those things in our lives so that when the enemy comes and he presents a lie or we have that desire to kind of web or turn that web around and use it against others and bring deceit into our lives and to others, we'll step back and say no, no. And so this morning, we're going to look at this concept of living a life of truth and integrity. Living a life of truth and integrity. Now, I want to define, truth, truth, we've got to understand, but I want to do a better job of kind of, uh, looking at this word integrity, because for some people it has a different meaning. You know, I've always heard, you know, integrity is doing the thing that's right when no one's watching. Sure, that's great. But I think there's a little deeper understanding here, especially when we combine the idea of truth and integrity together. So let's look at this together. It's in your notes. I want to look at integrity defined, okay? And so I'm going to throw them up on the screen, or, and there they are, some ideas here. This is what this looks like. These are some words that kind of come about when we understand integrity, the idea of truthful. And authentic, undivided, consistent, ethical, honorable, trustworthy, incorruptible, and sincere. Okay, these are some of the things that you need to think about when it comes to this idea of integrity and truth. It's this idea of something deeper than usually what we see it to be. You see this in your notes, and I wanted us to understand this. Integrity is not so much what you do, it is who you are, And what you do flows out of who you are, okay? So we have to kind of take a step back and really understand what this is. This is not so much what you do. Integrity is not a do thing. It's really who you are. And who you are flows out of that. So if you are an integrity type of person, if you are a person who walks in truth and integrity, your actions will show it. Your actions will come out of it. A lot of us want to focus in on the things and the action and not really understand that it comes from something deep inside of us. Jesus talks a lot about this. He talks about the things that basically, it's not on the outside, it's not necessarily what you do, it's your heart that matters. This morning we're not going to get into that, but we also need to understand that when you are a person of truth, when you are a person of integrity, it's going to naturally flow out of you in the way you act and the way you handle situations. Some of us, we want to say, I'm not a person of truth, but look, I I can act this way. Here's what I've learned about actors, they can only act for so long, and then they have to break character. And they will break character. But when you are this, when you are a person of integrity, it'll flow out of you. It'll be something that the Lord does through his Holy Spirit that brings forth in your life. And it'll be somewhat natural and be very, very easy because it is literally who you are. It's who God created you to be. But here's the thing, to kind of help us understand this a little bit more, I want to look at this idea of sincere. Okay, We hear this word a lot. We see it a lot. Sometimes you write a letter or an email. Who writes letters anymore? I don't know. But you finish it with the word sincerely. Sincerely. Where does that mean? What does it come from? Let's look at that definition again. Just to understand a little bit more and to bring a little bit more application to this. Sincere, the definition means to be free from pretense or deceit. And so the opposite of that is to be full of the truth to be full of the truth. Now, here's the deal. I want to explain to you where this word really comes from, at least what a lot of people believe, okay? Because, again, we need to understand these things. It actually comes from a Latin word. Uh, I am not going to try to say it. If you want to know the Latin understanding, please see my son or, or Christopher soon, because they're they're doing Latin in school. Um, but it's basically this idea of 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 this idea of, of, of scene, which is S-I-N-E. I'm gonna, I butchered it, I know. Which is without and cera, which is c-e-r-a, which is wax. Now why do we have sincere being a word that in Latin comes together meaning without wax? Well, let me explain that to you. Back during, especially in the Roman time, they worked a lot in marble and in stone and things like that. And if you were a a marble maker or a stonemason or something like that, you would, of course, be making certain things. And one of the things that they did, as far as what I researched on, is, of course, they would make these, these statues and they would put them up. Well, here's the thing. Marble then was expensive, just like it is now. And so as they were working on this, basically cracks would appear in the marble and problems would come. And so instead of just saying, you know what We're, we're done with this we'll start over they would take wax and they would fill in the cracks of the marble statue okay so they would put the wax in and then they would present this as a finished finished product or a finished thing but the problem is it wasn't completely sincere because it had some wax in it and so basically as a selling point as if you were a really good stonemason or a really good person that made um, you know statues or whatever you would say listen my statues are very sincere they're very sincere which means they were without wax they were uh, without cracks they were with, they were a solid piece of marble and so someone who had cracks or a piece of marble or a statue that did, it would say, Oh that, that that statue is not very sincere. And so eventually over time we see where we have used that word to talk about this idea of someone who is basically not a solid not as sincere as they should be there's cracks and they've filled those cracks up with wax and here's the thing also with someone that's sincere a sincere person or a lack of sincerity in a person is someone a lot of times who has cracks that are trying to cover them up so no one else sees them when you have somebody acting out or or acting in a dishonorable way or a deceitful way we say that person's not very sincere And so this idea of integrity and sincerity really kind of go hand in hand. And so the reason I bring this up, the reason I want to bring it, because I want you to ask yourself a question as we get ready to really get into the meat of the message, is how much wax are you using in your daily life? When you look at your life and you look at the behaviors of your life, how much wax is there? How much deceit is there? How many, we kind of talked about these ideas before, how many of these little white lies do you justify in your life and in your heart and in your relationships? Because the problem is, is God wants us to be full of truth. Not not full of wax, not be able to say, hey, I'm okay here when I'm really not, but have full sincerity, full integrity, and live a life that is full of truth of truth because here's the thing we need to understand we need to understand that truth and integrity are our friend this is, this is not something that we should despise or be afraid of. We should grab a hold of that and say, you know what? This is something I want a part of my life. This is something that is massively important to me and my walk with the Lord and my walk with others. And so why is that the case? Why is truth always your friend? It's always your friend. Sometimes we don't think it is. Sometimes we live a life that says, you know what? I'd rather hold on to this untruth. I'd rather hold on to this wax in this particular particular area we become afraid of the truth when you realize that when we become afraid of the truth when friend excuse me when truth and integrity become our enemy and not our friend what really has happened in that moment is that deceit and that lie we are now bound by it we're bound by it and now we're not living in full truth now we're not experiencing those things so why is this why is truth and integrity always your friend. Number one, because God loves and is truth. God loves and is truth. He is a God of truth. The Bible tells us, and Jesus says, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He helps us to understand that God is all about truth. He wants to bring things into the light so that you can become free from them, and he desires that for you and for me. He loves that. He wants that for you. Sometimes we forget that God says, listen, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to experience the life like you're experiencing right now. So God loves that and wants that for you. Number two, Number two, truth leads to freedom and lies lead to bondage. We talked a little bit about this last week. But if the truth sets us free, then a lie keeps us bound, so many of us, we live our lives in bondage to the sin and to the lies that we, uh, that we tell and that the lies that we accept from the enemy. Listen, God has something better for you and for me. God has a life of freedom and truth and goodness. But you know what? It's really hard to experience those things when we have accepted the lies of the enemy and those always lead to bondage and death. Always. It's that web that we get trapped in. And we get so afraid of the truth. We say things like, well, what would they say if they knew? Guess what? If you didn't realize it in those statements, you've just communicated complete and total bondage to what other people think. This is massive. This is massively important, folks. This is a huge part of our lives. And listen, I'll be completely honest with you. In my life personally and in the lives of people that I care about, I am sick and tired of people walking around in bondage for lies that the enemy has told. When there is freedom that is available to you and to me, if we'll accept it, if we'll say, you know what, truth, you're my friend. Truth, you can lead to freedom. And that truth, as we talked about last week, is found in the teachings of Jesus and in the person of Jesus. Number three, and this is something we really need to understand. Truth is the only way to evaluate and improve, okay? Listen, truth has a big part of how we grow as a believer, Because if we're not willing to admit that there's areas of our lives where we need to grow, where there's weakness, where there maybe are some cracks that we've tried to fill in with wax, we're not going to get any better. One of the things that drives me absolutely insane about myself and sometimes other people is when we think we got it all figured out. When we can say basically, no, I'm good here. I don't need to improve here. I'm all right here. There is so much in our lives where God says, listen, I want you to grow in this area. I've said this before. Listen, you're not done growing until you're dead. If you're breathing, God still has areas in your life he wants you to grow. But unfortunately, so many of us live our lives in a way where that is a scary area. We don't like to deal with this thing or this situation. And so we say, I'm good here when we're really not. And instead of allowing God to bring us further in him, allowing God to form us into more of his son, we kind of hold back and say, I'm good in this area. We have to be able to evaluate truthfully. One of the worst lies you can tell yourself when it deals with spiritual growth is the lie that you tell yourself, which says, I'm good here. I'm okay here. Listen, I don't care where you are at in a particular area. Our God is so awesome and so good and so big that God would say, listen, no matter where you're at, I can bring you to another level. I want to get to another level. Not in just the areas I'm weak in, but also in the areas I'm strong in, in every area of my life. But we have to be willing to understand that we can grow there. That maybe there are some weak spots. Maybe there is some wax in our life that we need to deal with. Look at Proverbs 10. Verse number 9, it says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Walk safely. There's a friend that God has for you in His truth. There is a, a situation maybe in your life where there's been a lie that the enemy has told you that you've accepted and you've grabbed a hold of and you think, boy, what will people think? Or, or what will my husband or wife think? Or what will my kids think? Or what will my boss think? Or what will my pa- whatever it might be. And in that, we 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 don't walk in the safety that God has for you and for me. So to kind of close this out this morning, I want to look at some, some application. I wanna look at four strategies. To increase integrity in your life, no matter where you're at in this, like we just talked about, God wants us to go a little bit further. So here's the deal: you may be sitting here going, "Wow, when it comes to integrity and truth and walking in it, I am way, way far away." Or maybe you really well in this area. No matter where you are, we need to be truthful with where we're at, so that God can continue to help us grow in these areas. So four strategies to increase the integrity in your life. Number one. And these are vitally important. You have to expose the secret things. We talked a little bit about this last week. But you have to expose the secret things. Listen, it's in your notes. If you want to know the areas of your life where you struggle with integrity, all you have to do is look at what you're trying to hide. You want to know areas? What are you hiding? What are you trying to keep away from everybody else? When you look at your life, what areas do you say, you know what, Like, like I, I'll open up to, to this person this way, but this is off limits. Or even worse, we live that way with God at times. And we think, they think oh God, God doesn't know about these areas. God can, God can miss these things. He's, I'm sure he's busy with other major things that God doesn't know these secret things. Look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and re- and turn from them, they will receive mercy. That's an amazing verse. Do you know what we're hearing there? We're hearing this concept. Listen, here's the problem: for some of us, and we hear that word prosper, and we maybe think of, of material things, but, but that, I don't think I think there's a greater prospering that God wants to do in our lives. For some of us, we're going, man, why am I not prospering spiritually? Why am I not growing spiritually? Why am I not experiencing these greater things that God wants to do in me and through me? I'm going to say probably there's a good possibility there's some secret sin that you're, conce- you're, you're concealing. You're not dealing with. You're not exposing those things. Because a lot of times what we do is we hold on to those things. And so now we're bound by them and we don't know what to do. And instead, God is saying, listen, it's time to start exposing these things. It's time to start confessing these things. It's time to say, you know what? I'm going to have freedom over this. And the way I can have freedom over it is to confess them. We talked about it last week. When we confess our sins, God brings healing to our lives. And it's so important. So we have to be willing. Now, again, for some of you, me saying that, it's, it's literally like me saying, listen, I want you to go stand in front of a bus that's traveling at 90 miles per hour. It's scary, and I get that. But you have to understand truth is your friend. Integrity is your friend. And I know that's scary. And I'm never going to sit up here and be like, oh, yeah, that's easy. It's not. It's not. And I don't know how people are going to respond. I wish I could say, yeah, when you come out and you bring forth truth, people are going to forgive you and with open arms and put their arms around you. I cannot make you that promise, and I won't. But I will say this. I can make you this promise. The Lord is faithful, and he's just to forgive us of our sins. Our God can take sins that are blood red as scarlet and make them white as snow. And God can bring freedom from those areas and those things. And he will, if you will allow him to do so. A lot of times in my life, I've had situations where I've sinned, and I've done things wrong, and I haven't handled situations right. And I've gone to my father, which we should do, don't misunderstand me. And I've said, God, I am sorry. Can you forgive me? And God says, absolutely. And he says, now go to your brother. Now go to your sister. Now go to your, hu- your wife or, or your kid or whatever it might be. You're not finished yet. And it, confess those things to them. You know, one of the hardest things that was really hard for me that now has become easier because I've realized how much I've messed up? The first time I had to apologize to my son. You go, oh, Aaron, why wasn't that easy? I don't know. It just was hard. Maybe it was because I was the dad and I had to know it all and I had to be the perfect dad or whatever it was. And then I screwed up. I did something stupid. And i went to my father and I said, God, I am so sorry, forgive me. You gave me this life and I, I messed it up. And he said, I, I love you, Aaron. I forgive you. It's separated from as far as the east is from the west. Now go to your son. And I said, whoa, whoa, what? No, 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 no. Wait wait a minute, God. Like, like you and I, we're good, right? And he's like, yeah, we're good. Go to your son. And I remember sitting down. He wasn't very old. I think he was two, three at the tops. And I had to sit down, and I said, Easton, Dad messed up, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I remember that little boy looked up at me, curly blonde hair, and he said, he said, Dad, he called me Daddy, Daddy, I forgive. there was freedom in that moment between my son and myself. Freedom to not be or try to be the perfect dad, but to be the dad that said, you know what, even if I screw up, I love you and I'll do the very best I can next time. It's gotten easier. But for so many of us, we refuse to expose the secret things and they bind us up and they destroy our lives and our relationships. We've got to understand that. Number two, we need to respect the little things. We need to respect the little things. Look at Luke 10. Excuse me, Luke 16, 10. This is what it says. Jesus says, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. So many of us, the, we're not necessarily the big lie tellers. You know what I mean? but we're the little lie-tellers. There's a little bit of wax, but there's wax still there. And we just think, oh, it's just so small. It's it's just so itty-bitty. It doesn't really matter. Here's what I've learned about deception and lying and all these things. There are not levels here, folks. We love to believe there's levels. We love to say, oh, this is a white lie. And then I, I don't really know. I guess a black lie would be really, really bad. It's like, how did lies become (laughs) color-coded? Listen, a lie is a lie. A deception is a deception. And it brings death if you allow it to grow. It's interesting to me that as you look in Scripture, and I don't have it here with me, but I was looking at it this week, where where God talks about those who are not going to inherit the kingdom. He talks about murderers. Oh, that's, oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, fornicators. Oh, Oh, yeah, liars. Hey, wait, what? No, wait a minute. Like, like, okay, we're, we're, I'm doing pretty good on the murder thing. So far, so good. Don't tip me, but oh, so far, so good. But the lying thing, wait a minute, lying? Lying? No, 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 God, I just, I just, it's a little, little white lie. No, it's not. No, it's not. You see, here's the thing. People of truth respect the little things because the little things lead to big things. We all want big things in our life. God has for every single one of us big things in store. The problem is, is we don't understand the little things lead to the big things. We want to somehow jump ahead. We don't want to deal with the little things. Oh, they're just so insignificant. Oh, it's just not that big of a deal. it always leads to bigger things. I've learned it over and over and over in lives of people. If they'll lie about little things they'll lie about big things if they lie about big things they'll lie about little things why because integrity is more than just what you do it's who you are and so if you want to be a person that lives a life full of truth and integrity that means in all areas that means you are a person of truth in every situation You go, oh, Aaron, oh, but am I really? Listen, it's your friend. It's your friend. It'll lead to bondage if you go the other way. So you've got to respect the little things in your life. Number three, you have to deal with the repetitive things. You have to deal with the repetitive things. I love this. Look at Proverbs 26, 11, one of the most visual uh, scriptures in all of the Bible. So, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. We have to deal with the things that we deal with constantly that are repetitive in our lives. For some of us, there are so many people that do not really understand the cause and effect of their bondage. Okay? Like they miss this. Okay, I don't remember if I've told this story here. I know I told it back when I was a youth pastor. Okay? But I remember when I was in college, I had this, this friend of mine. I, I could tell you his name, but I'm not going to, just in case for some reason he's watching this. I don't think he'd mind me telling you this, but you know what I mean. And he came to me and he said, Aaron, I need to talk to you. And I said, man, what's up? And he said, well, listen, my, my, my girlfriend and I were having some issues. I said, oh, okay, like, like what? You, you know, like what's going on? He said, well, we're taking things a little too far physically. Okay, okay, well, that's us that's, that's, it's good that we're realizing this. It's good that we, we need to deal with this. This isn't, you know, a good thing. How, well, well, let's, let's talk about this. He said, well, what I really need you to do is, is I just kind of need you to be an accountability guy for me. And, and, and we'll talk about these things. And if I mess up, you know, we'll pray. And, all. and I said, hey, man, whatever I can do to help you, I'll, I'll help. You know, and I said, listen, I struggle in areas of my life. And, and maybe I can share some of those things with you. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Okay, great. So this started, and this process began, and and, and it started going over some times, and he would do okay, and then something would happen. Oh, you know, me and so and so, we didn't do so hot, you know. And okay, well, blah blah blah, and 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 so well, we got we gotta work on that, and and so it would go along, and everything was fine, and then again it'd fall, and and I was like, I, I was like going, I just don't understand, you know. And here's the deal: he wasn't really being completely truthful with all that was going on. And so finally i said like after two months of this where it was like it was like every you like every weekend it was like you know i said i said man listen I gotta, I gotta ask you a question here what is going on like why is it like constant like it's like a, it's like a cycle it's like every he said well he said well you know there may be an issue to, there may be a reason i said well, what's the reason he said well you know every friday night uh you know we kind of have a standing date and i said okay well that's that's great you know he said well we kind of go out we always have dinner i said oh that's that's great that's beautiful he said well then we kind of go off to this nice secluded area i said okay wait what what yeah it's this real nice little, little pond there in springfield it's real it's real pretty you know the moon glows and we just kind of sit there in the car i said oh i said um well, what happens in the car? Well, that's when we usually get into trouble. I said, "Um, hey, buddy, did you ever think about not going to the pond? And, and, And you would have thought, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, and this is kind of how deception works in our lives. You would have thought I had just basically spoken French to him. And it was like a light bulb just went on. And he went, are you telling me that you think that the like the reason we keep getting into trouble is we keep going to the pond? And I was like, no, I don't. I think what happens in the car when you go to the pond is the problem. But yes, the way you get there is through the pond. So stop going to the pond. Well, guess what? He stopped going to the pond. And guess what? Things got better. Were they perfect? No. But he had to learn what the repetitive thing was. He had to learn what was getting him there. A lot of times in our lives, we don't even understand that. We have to have someone else in our lives. It's why having community with people is so important that you can share truth with and have those things with because sometimes we miss them. You go, wasn't that obvious? Yeah, it should have been, but for some reason it wasn't. And please do me a favor. Don't think you're better than he was because I know I'm not because there's areas in my life where people have looked at me and said, hey, Aaron, maybe you should stop doing this that's leading to this. And you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But we have to look at the repeated things, those lies and those, those behaviors that just happen over and over and over again and break that cycle so that God can bring us into truth and freedom. The last thing. The last thing is we have to allow God to heal the broken things. We have to heal the broken things. Put this in your notes because I wanted you to see this, because I truly believe this. If we all traced our integrity issues back to their original source, we would probably all arrive at a place of brokenness. You see, I believe that a lot of us, and we've talked about this before. We spend a ton of time working on the symptoms. We don't really necessarily go deep to figure out where the hurt and the broken and the disease really is. And so we're great at managing symptoms spiritually, but we really never walk in true freedom and true truth because all we're dealing with is the symptoms, not the brokenness that's deep inside. And look i get it like when you when i'm saying this stuff it's like there's some of you that right now i promise you win i'm done i'm out aaron you don't know how hard it's been aaron you don't know the pain and the hurt you don't know the brokenness that it really stems from and you know what you're exactly right i don't but what i do know is god does and i do know there is nothing that is too broken that God can't put back together. Nothing. Nothing. Do you understand that word? Nothing. There is nothing too great. There is nothing too dead. There's nothing too dormant. There's nothing too broken that our Father can't put back together again. And we lie and we allow the lie of the enemy to come and we agree with it and we say, no, that's too deep. It's too broken. It's too hurtful. It's too devastating. God can't do that. And when we agree to that lie, it affects so many other areas of our lives. But God wants to heal those things. God wants to bring those things out into light so they can be healed and they can be dealt with. Look at Psalms 143. 3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Our God can handle it. Our God can deal with it. Our God can come and then bring it to that original spot, that one thing. And listen, you know what that one thing is. When someone did something that they never should have done to you physically. When someone said something, a father or a pastor or a mother. When they lied to you and told you you were worthless. And everything comes from that. When you come from a place of insecurity. No matter what the original source is, God can deal with it. And God can heal it. I know we talked about this last week, but I really believe as we look at these once again, they're so important and they really are things that I believe God wants to use to go back to the original source and start to bring some healing. And those are these three fundamental truths from God about you. We talked about them last week. We're not going to spend a ton of time, but here they are. They're on the screen. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I have been adopted in. God doesn't look at you and say, you know what, nah, I'm not interested. You've done too much. You're not good enough. It doesn't work that way. God has adopted us in. When we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, we become a child of God. Number two, God loves us. God loves us. Listen, listen, I understand that we grew up for some of us and we heard those words over and over and over again. But listen, do me a favor. Do the best in your life to never let those words become just another thing. Just something you say. Oh yeah, God loves me. Really? Really? Stop for a second. The God who spoke the world into existence... That God loves you. The God that you turned your back on and you said, I got it, God. I can do it on my own. I don't need you. And yet he sent his only begotten son to die for you and for me, to show you how much he loved you. That God, that Jesus loves you. Never let that just become something you hear. And it goes in one ear and out the other. God loves you. And listen, the great thing about God's love is there's always action behind it. Always action behind it. Some of you have heard this story, some of you haven't. But Emily and I dated for about nine months, and we were, let me rephrase that, I will not speak for her, I will speak for me. I was very immature at the time. And I remember we dated for a couple months and then it was just, oh, I love you. Oh, it's just, uh, la, 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 you know, acting like I was seven. Well, maybe not seven, maybe 14, <sighs> hopefully not seven. Anyway, oh, I just love you. Well, guess what? We broke up. We were apart for several months. And we finally got back together and we started dating. And I told her, I said, listen, I, I may be grown up just a hair at this time. And I said, listen, I, I think you're, you know, awesome. I said, but listen, I've learned something. I'm not going to tell you I love you until the next words out of my mouth are, will you marry me? And I said, the reason why is because I believe that word love needs to have some action and commitment behind it. And so it would, it would drive people up the wall. We would look at each other and like before we leave, we'd go, I like you. I like you a whole lot. And people would be weirded out by that. You know, like we'd sign cards. We still have these cards, you know, it's like, I like you, Aaron, you know, and people were like, what is wrong with these two people? You know, they looked at us like we were weird and strange, and we probably were and are, you know, but guess what? One day in June, the 5th of June, I believe, I took her to a park, did this whole big thing, got down on a knee, and I said, Emily, I love you, among other things. Will you marry me? You see, I learned from my father, my earthly and my heavenly father, that love has to have action and commitment behind it. You see, our father loves you so much, they weren't just words for him. There was action and there was commitment behind it. Don't you ever doubt God's love for you. I know it's easy. I know we let circumstances lie to us and lies of the enemy but listen, I can make the promise that God loves you and will always love you. Why? Because I can look and see his action behind it and go, this is why. Listen, we heard it all before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him will not perish have everlasting life. Isn't that just a wonderful verse we've heard so many, many times? Guess what? That's proof of God's love. Because God loved, he sent because God loved, He gave. Because love, because God loved, He gave His only Son for you and for me. God loves you. Don't ever believe the lie. Don't ever accept the lie of the enemy that says you're not lovable, you're not good enough, that God doesn't love you. He does with an everlasting love and a love that you can't even fathom or comprehend because of its greatness. He loves you. The last one we talked about again these last week, God is pleased with me. God's proud of you. God's proud of you. He's pleased with you. Listen, God is looking not necessarily at your perfection, which we tend to do. We tend to look at, I want to be perfect, and I want to deal with this. God doesn't necessarily look at our perfection. Instead, he looks at our heart and our motives and our desire for those things. God knows you're going to sin. That's why he sent Jesus. He knows we're going to mess up, but he's looking at our hearts. He's looking for someone that is pleased. And remember, we talked about this last week when God spoke these words over his son as he came out of the water. He hadn't healed a certain per- hadn't hurt- healed anybody. He hadn't died on the cross yet. He hadn't brought anybody back to life yet. He was just simply pleased. Why was God so pleased with his son? Simple, because he was his son. He was pleased. And so here's the deal. If you've accepted Jesus and you understand, number one, which is you are a child of God, God's pleased with you. Why? Because you're His. You're His. You are a son or a daughter of Him. And so many of the broken things in our hearts and our lives don't necessarily stem from these fundamental truths, but they've grown into the debilitating bondage because we have forgotten these three fundamental truths. We say, God, you've done this this horrible thing happened to me. So therefore, God, you don't really love me. And we've accepted that lie. And it's brought us to a place of complete and total bondage and brokenness. Here's the thing. We talked about it earlier. We don't study a liar to become someone that walks in truth. Instead, we find someone that walks in truth and let that be our model, what we follow. We've talked about it, in fact, a couple, maybe a year ago or two years ago now, I can't remember, we actually had a series here. Uh, we talked about it, it was, it was called Full of Grace and Truth, and we talked about how Jesus was full of both, how he had that grace, but it also was all truth, and how because he is that way, God wants us to be that way. And so yes, it's very easy to focus on the liars in our lives. It's very easy to focus maybe even on the enemy or even in our own lives where we have turned that web and, and, and become that person that's entrapped or entrapping others with our deceit or our lies. But here's the thing, if we want to be people that are full of integrity and full of truth, we have the most unbelievably perfect example that has ever been, and his name is Jesus we talked about it last week, when we understand who he is and his teachings, that is when the truth comes, and the truth that sets us free, the truth to be able to live a life of truth and integrity. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to be a person, and I know I'm not there yet, and I know I got a lot of growing to do, but I want to be the person that basically lives like that, that is a truth speaker, and that is a truth liver, and is a truth communicator, but that I do all of those things and receive all of those things with the grace and the love that God has given us. For some of you, though, you are walking around and you are literally pulling and you just, you know, you you don't even hardly understand, like, what is going on? Why is my life just so full of these webs and deceit and all these things? Listen, for some of us, we have been walking around and we've literally just been walking into deception cobwebs over and over and over again. We kind of get one away, maybe a little bit, where we're like, okay, it's not all over my face, and then we walk right into another. Listen, God desperately, and I use that word on purpose, wants to free us from the webs of deceit. Now, are we going to have to Expose some things? Yeah. Are we going to have to do some things? Yeah. Do we partner with God in that? Yes. But that still doesn't change the fact that God desperately wants to take you from a life of bondage to a life of freedom. And to have that, to have that truth that sets us free. We talked about it last week. We go to Jesus. We go to His Word. We go to Him. We know not only the Word and the teachings of the Lord, but we know the Word, capital W, as well. And we allow Him to show us. We allow Him to minister to us. Do me a favor. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's just focus for just the last couple of moments here before we close, or as we're closing. There's just a couple things I want to talk about that I hope and want the Lord and the Holy Spirit just to begin to to minister to you on. Okay, number one, if you are a person that's, that is living in, in truth and you are living a life of integrity, that's awesome. But this morning, I would say that God wants to bring you to a new place, a higher place. God loves you exactly where you're at. He's pleased with you. Do not misunderstand me, but God has even better things for you. See, sometimes we we, we make the mistake that when God wants to change us, it's because there's something wrong. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes there's sin or things that we need to get out. But other times, God wants to change us because he has something even better. Don't miss the better because you're content with the good. Because God will always have something better for you. He's just that way. He's that good of a father. So for some of us, we need just to go, you know what, Father? No matter where I'm at in my integrity, truth level, I want to take another step. I want to become more like you, Jesus. I want to be full of truth and grace. I don't want there to be a hint of deception. But for others of us, we, we have been basically web walkers and web um, makers. We've allowed deception. We've allowed, you know, when we asked earlier about how much wax is in our lives, if we're really honest with ourselves, we, we realize there's a lot of wax. And here's the thing I've learned about wax. I don't know if I know you have too, but um, wax melts when things get hot. And you know, in my life, I can speak from my own personal experience. When, when the heat of, of trial and the heat of stress and the heat of just life tends to get on me, guess what? The first thing that goes is my wax. And all of a sudden, there's all my faults. There's all my... And, and they begin to act out. And they begin to come out. All those things become exposed. You see, here's what's great about God. You remember we talked about this concept of the statue. And the artists back then, they didn't want to throw it out. They didn't want to, they didn't want to just say, oh, it's It's worthless. Uh, I'll start over. So that's why they put the wax in. You see, our God is the only God that can take your cracks and completely heal them. Completely and totally fill them in. Not with some wax, but with the strength of him and his word and his son. You see, for some of us, we walk around with these cracks, and we don't have to, but it takes us going to our Father and saying, you know what, God, I've messed up here. I got some cracks I need you to, that I've been trying to fill with some wax that are just not good enough. I need you to remake me again and fill in every hole and every crevice with you so I can be more like you. For some of us, more than anything, Yeah, we can take our application, and we can use it, and and we should, but I really feel like for just the majority of us here this morning and those that are online, the thing that we really need to focus in on this morning is to admit the wax. Let our Father, through the power and the heat of His Holy Spirit, melt the wax, and then allow Him to fill us in with his goodness, his grace, his love, his truth, his mercy, his peace, and his hope. You see, our God is so good, he doesn't expose the cracks, melt the wax, and leave us faulty and leave us broken. He puts us all back together again. So, Father, we just come to you right now. And Father, for the two situations we prayed about, God, first of all, God, for those that, that they're, they're doing okay in this area, and that's awesome, and that's great. But Father, I pray for a new level. God, I pray for a new new place of, of, of grace and truth to be on, evident in their lives, that they would work in that, that it would be something that they are, and because it's who they are, it flows naturally from their life. They hoard uh, the lies of the enemy because they're just so full of truth. They are so growing so much in you that they know the authentic from the counterfeit, and they follow you and grow in you. But Father, for, for maybe some of us that are not living a life where, we're, where our life is maybe full w- with these things, this deceit and these lies, and we're not living a life integrity, Father, I pray right now that you with through your Holy Spirit, through the convicting power of your Holy Spirit, that Father, you would bring some heat right now and begin to melt some wax. Not because you're angry, not because you're mad, but because you desire to fill us in with you. You don't want us to walk around like this anymore, broken and in bondage to the lies. So Jesus, through this action, bring forth your truth. Bring forth your truth, God. And that means for some of us, God, we just need forgiveness from you and forgiveness from others. And so, Father, we ask for forgiveness from you and the strength and the grace to ask forgiveness of others. For others of us, it's just areas where basically we need to allow you to heal some broken places way, way deep in our hearts and understand that you are pleased with us and understand that we are your child and understand that we are loved by you and the lies that we have accepted and that brokenness that have been in contrary, uh, in contrary to those truths. Father, we say no to the lies of the enemy and we say yes to your truth this morning. Help us, God. Help us. Father, allow us to be a people that walk in your truth and allow your truth to change every area of our hearts, our lives, our churches, our families, our communities, because we know you are the truth and the truth will set us free. So we claim our freedom, we reject the lies of the enemy, and we thank you that you love us so much. We give these things over to you, Father, And we know you desire to work in our hearts and our lives in so many ways. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Listen, we need to understand that as God works in these areas, sometimes God is going to be doing some great quick things and other things are going to be a process and a journey. So, whatever God is doing, whatever God wants to do in you, it's okay. Allow Him to do that. Yield to the Holy Spirit in those areas. For some of us, it means we're going to have to go to people and we're going to have to have some hard conversations. But God will be there. And God wants to bring that freedom that will come from those, ide- from those, those moments of just truth speaking and confession and, and allowing those secrets to not have any hold on you anymore. Okay? So, be open to that as God moves you and directs you in these areas because God does. He wants to bring you total and complete freedom, freedom that you have never experienced before that you can walk in and and just, I just want that so much for you and for me. And what's greater than that is that that's what God has for us as well. All right. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So listen, remember we got sign up sheets out there in the foyer for lots that are going on. Please don't forget to sign up. And then of course, right after here, when we're done, we're going to head over to Jason's Deli for lunch. If you don't have any plans for lunch, man, we'd love to have you join us. Okay. So let me close this real quick in prayer and then we'll head out. Father, we love you and we thank you. You're so good. Father, we pray that you would just take us now as we go. God, I pray that there would just be even more work that you do in our hearts and our lives this week. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thanks for being here. Hopefully we'll see you at lunch. Love you guys.